Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. John Ledger, Trevor Sycamore with you guys. Trevor of PewterReport.com covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Myself over at FanRag Sports and NDT Scouting Pro Football Weekly. And we're wrapping it up today, Trev. Last of our divisional draft class reviews. And we're on to the AFC West. Denver Broncos. And I feel like few teams got praised as much as Denver for their draft. And I'm curious whether you agree with that overall. I found them in a lot of people's top five drafts overall. What did you think of that? Yeah, I would say I would say the Broncos had a top five draft overall. I mean, certainly anytime you can add like the best pass rusher in the class at number five, you weren't sure if you were getting that. Now, the counter argument is is quarterback, right? Sure. Um, they needed a quarterback. Although I guess, I mean, having Keenum, it allows you to be able to do this stuff, right? I mean, it, it allows you to not super overpay for maybe whatever the Giants were asking it to, or the Jets might have been, if the Jets were thinking of moving back in two spots at, at three, getting a different quarterback if they had their eyes on somebody else, or maybe if the Bills were, well, actually, no, it's not an if, they traded up, so we know that they were looking to trade up. But you don't have to take on that price because it was obvious that they weren't going to give up both first-round picks. Um, so that's why they stayed put. We're able to do both second-round picks to get to number seven. But instead, the Broncos just get to do something really cool like pair Bradley Chubb. And by really cool, I mean absolutely terrifying, like pairing right. Bradley Chubb with Von Miller. I mean, that's best pass rusher duo in the league potential right there. I mean, the, the AFC West just continues <laughs> to get terrifying from a pass rush perspective um you know i mean those two and ingram and bosa obviously uh you know philly's got a couple different variations of tandems you could put out there minnesota certainly has theirs but i don't know man like chubb and miller have the potential to be terrifying so i love it from that perspective but i don't think keenum's the long-term answer and i think when you pass on the the chance to address and, and find a franchise quarterback it can be something that comes back to bite you. Having said that, Denver is in a better position to be able to win now, so I get their perspective of we have a a solid quarterback that we feel like we can win with now, and if we build a great team around him like Minnesota just did, then there's the potential that we could be successful because of that. So I understand the sentiment. Do I think eventually they regret passing on a quarterback? Maybe, but at the same time, Chubb's going to be racking up double-digit sacks every year, so you're not going to think that way. So I, I like the pick for them. I was obviously much lower on Cortland Sutton than most people. So he comes off the board at 40. Well, he he was like 99th on my board. I wasn't out. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was. I can't remember what exactly he was, but I think it was in the 40s, 50s. Now, having said that, this is, you know, if you're talking about ideal environments for him, you know, not going to have to start right away, can develop, um, you know, which is what he really needs to develop technically, release his routes, um, you know, that kind of stuff. Do they still have Latimer? They do not. I. I could be wrong. Hang on, let me look. Now I gotta look. <laughs> I actually don't. I know they have. They had still have Carlos Henderson, who was like. One oh of the, right, yeah, yeah. But, but he didn't like play Henderson's, last year because he was hurt. Henderson got in trouble too. Henderson's more gonna take over for. No, Emmanuel have, Sanders, right? No more, no more Latimer. Um, okay. Maybe. So here's the situation. Both Demarius Thomas. I can 100 percent envision a scenario in 2018 where, because I know you kind of started said like Sutton's not gonna start right away, but like. Yeah. Thomas Sutton Sanders would be their trio. I mean, it's weird because Thomas and Sanders are there right now, obviously, and then you you draft Carlos Henderson last year, who I, you know in the third round, 
I, th- I had a second round grade on him. I thought I think he's excellent and can really contribute. But he misses his rookie year, and then he gets in trouble in the off season. So now it's kind of a sticky situation with him. Obviously, going to be on the team, but he's going to need to have a good camp. And you know, now he's got a lot of competition because not only Cortland Sutton in the second round, but Deshaun Hamilton in the fourth round. To me. Hamilton has a quicker track to playing right away than Sutton does because, A, he's more polished. He's more NFL-ready for sure, even if you like Sutton and you think his upside's way bigger than Hamilton's. Hamilton is more NFL-ready from a technique, you know, refined perspective. Uh, and Hamilton can play in the slot right away, and that's really what you need. Um, you know, and Sanders and Thomas, I'm sure, will move around still, but Hamilton has that same inside outside flexibility, but right away is your day one starting slot if you want him in that role. So how they use those five receivers plus – Isaiah McKenzie flashed a little bit as a return guy. You know, he's going to be, I'm sure, the sixth receiver. Um, you know, they've got plenty of talent on this team. Jordan Taylor and Jordan Leslie have flashed in the past, uh, not actually on in re- regular season games. But, you know, I mean, this is a team that, you know, has some depth for sure. So I, I feel like they went all out, all out to kind of address the wide receiver position. And, you know, I think that it could end up paying off for them if Sutton's able to develop. But if not, they got themselves a slot receiver, and I don't know what's going on with Carlos Henderson now. So they're clearly trying to remake this core, I think, um, which is interesting because does that mean they're going to move on from Demarius and, or Emmanuel Sanders or both maybe? Well, I mean, wasn't there this talk of them like almost like it was an obvious that they were either going to trade or cut Sanders or something? I didn't I don't, hear that. I didn't. Dude, I, I, I swear I read that somewhere because I remember reading this and going, why? Why are you in such a desperate need to get rid of Emmanuel Sanders? Emmanuel yeah. Sanders is good. Right. I don't get that either. Well, neither of them are free agents next season, but both of them are free agents in 2020. Um, I would think, I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure Thomas costs you more right now. They can get out of Thomas' oh, sure. contract yeah, yeah, no after question. this year. There's a very little dead cap hit for Thomas if you want to get out of his contract after this season. So maybe that's what they're looking at. Uh, let's look at Sanders' contract and see what they could be thinking there. But both guys are people, on the wrong side of 30. I swear people were talking about them trading Sanders or like moving on from him, and yeah. I just didn't get it. Both of their contracts you can get out of next year with a little over a $2 million cap hit. So it's not great still, I mean, but it's better than – I mean, you're paying Sanders twelve mil next year and I think like fourteen mil for Demarius – Okay, that's too much, but no, twelve mil no, for twelve mil it. for Demarius again, uh, or next year. I'm sorry, next year you pay seventeen mil for Demarius, so he's probably the one getting getting canned, I would guess. No, maybe I do get the Sanders thing because, like, I, I think that Sanders is a really good wide receiver. Not trying to knock that at all, but in terms of like where you're allocating your money, certainly you want most of your wide receiver money to go to your outside guy. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully where your wide receiver one money is but slot and i know people are going to bring up antonio brown when i bring this up but like you got to realize that antonio brown's a, a unicorn um and instead like i think you can get a lot of slot production like really good slot production it's almost like running backs like on, on rookie contracts you know but ab so, doesn't play in this i mean he will play in the slot but most of the time he's outside yeah, but I mean, so AB Sanders. can go everywhere. That's right. It. He and you know, Sanders AB can both kind of go everywhere. That's what's nice. He's about a space that. monster. But I, what I'm saying is, is that like if you if Sanders was your, if Demarius Thomas wasn't there, I could get it a little bit more. But instead, you're paying 24 million for, you know, like two different wide receivers when you really could be using that money elsewhere. But again, now they have a top pass yeah. rusher on, right. on a on a rookie contract, so it's almost like they're, they're allowed to do this. I don't know. My guess would be. 
that they move on from Thomas and hope Sutton replaces him with Sanders and, and maybe uh, and Hamilton in the slot next year with Henderson. Hopefully, I mean, like they have too. you know they have Deshaun Hamilton now and I like, right. I like Henderson more than more than I had him rated higher than Sutton and Hamilton coming out. I think he's a total playmaker. I think he could be the guy that really ends up surprising. Did he get in trouble last year? year? Is that what you said? He got in trouble this off season. Oh, I can't remember what it was. I missed exactly. that. Yeah, it was it was a big deal. I can't remember what it was exactly. I have to look it up. Um, you know, nothing out of the ordinary. Just kind of what happens every off season. Uh, Royce Freeman in the third. This is super too weird high. to me. I, too high. It was a little too high. Yeah. Yeah. Um, too high. But you know, I just think Musgrave's offense has been you know traditionally a lot of gap power stuff, and he just ran tons of zone at at, at Oregon. I know he ran gap power stuff earlier in his career there. Uh, you know, maybe they thought he was better there. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't see that, like, downhill physicality, you know, type. I, I see that runner who likes to stretch things horizontally, find their space, then cut vertically. That's what I saw with with Freeman. So the fit is very weird. I'm very interested to see how the fit turns out there. Um, I thought day three they did where they were, were fine. I mean, oh, I guess Yudon was technically pick number 99, but – you know, essentially a day three pick, um, second to last pick in day two. Uh, you don't at that point in the draft. I mean, they picked. I think that's fine. Hold Josie on. Jewell in the fourth is probably a little bit. I, I probably like some guys more. You know, I, I just don't see much upside with him. But they picked Royce Freeman just 12 picks after Darius Geis went. It's crazy. But we know kind of where the situation isn't. I, don't I know, but I can't I get over that. Well, if Geis man. goes on to be a star, teams are going to look really silly. I think that's we just kind of have to say that. And they had a ton of imagine, you know, like giving up the third and that fourth. Okay, not having Josie Jewell on your team, and instead moving up twelve spots and getting Darius Geis. So your yeah. your draft is then Bradley Chubb, Corlin Sutton, Darius Geis, right? And they Deshaun not Hamilton bad. still. Right, Yadam and Hamilton's still later. Fumagalli in the fifth, I think that's a good yeah, spot for fine. him. Right, that helps. He helps your team. I it's think it's just so hard for me to. It's so hard for me to not play that game. Right, it is. It is. It's hard. You can do it with almost every draft. Um, but yeah, I I agree with you. I think it's it's uh one of the it's probably the best draft if you get. <laughs> I mean, you get Chubb and guys. You get what guys that were both top five right? on the boards. Yeah, right? so, I think those, those are both top five players for, us, for me. We would basically be Broncos fans at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I think Royce will be okay though. I mean, yeah. I, but again, I, I think that you're. I think Royce is nothing more than a. I say nothing more. I that sounds so negative. But I mean, like he's a, he's a rotational piece as a running back. Right. He's not going to ever be close to like a feature guy or even what I think is probably like the starting role as a, in a committee. Yeah, it's him and, and Booker think, and Henderson, and I, I don't know who's the best receiver out of that group. None of them. There's just a lot of mouths to feed, but I guess I, I don't know. Like you know, keep acquiring running backs, so a couple uh, of them will hit. You'll never have to pay them. It wasn't in my top five drafts, but I thought it was a good draft. And I know if people love Sutton, obviously it makes sense that they would love yeah. that draft in general. I thought their day three was pretty good, though. I, Hamilton is such a good pick because very, I just think he's very, going very. to help your team for sure. How about Kansas City? No first-round pick, no pick until 46, and then when they take a player at 46, it's Breland Speaks, who a lot of people thought wasn't going to be off the board until day three. Yeah, they I'm going to be him. honest with you. I did not watch. I did not watch a single tape of Breland Speaks. I watched a little bit of him just seeing other in other games. I like noticed him. He was on my watch list when I saw Mississippi games during the year. You know, I thought he moved pretty well for a big guy, not very technical. And then I've seen a little since and. I still feel the same way. I have no idea why they took him this high. But here's the thing with the Chiefs. They've developed 
defensive line talent really, really well. So I think that's sure. what they're banking on in this situation. And they definitely needed defensive lineup. They definitely needed guys in the interior. They wanted to get faster and more athletic, and he added he added that at least to them. Now it's about polishing up the rest of his game. So I dislike the pick, but I do think Kansas City is one of the better landing spots for Speaks. But then they got you, your boy, Derek Nottie. Hey, that's what I was going to say. Then they, the exact opposite player, right? Like not a great athlete in any way. Tested really poorly. But on tape, just such a good football player. This was the kind of player I was afraid Kansas City was going to get away from, and they were going to become more like the Pittsburgh Steelers, where you just draft athletes and you don't care about the ability to play football as much. This pick kind of solidified that they're going to do some of both in these, these situations. And so did the Armani Watts pick at, at 124, although I have big concerns yep. with him. You know, Watts didn't yep. test well at all. He's a smaller guy, but yeah, he does but make plays Yeah, on but tape. Watts is an athlete. I he mean, does make plays on tape. He does. He, yeah. But he also gets beat a lot. He is extremely high-variance type of player. If he tested better and was bigger, the Steelers probably would have taken him instead of Edmonds in the first round. That was a shot. That was a you shot. Know, I'm sorry. You know? You <laughs> I'm know? So, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go back to Watts. What were you saying on Watts? No, I'm just saying, like, he's – I know he didn't test – he probably didn't test as well as a lot of people thought he would, but, I mean, this is a guy who, who makes most of his plays being a hyper-athletic guy, and it makes sense with you talking about what they have in Speaks – um, obviously what Dorian Daniel was much more of Loved a, Love the Dorian Daniel pick, man. Of he's, he's much more of a, he's a box be, safety, be, be, be like in space kind of a guy, but or yeah, big slot. It, his, yeah, his weight is really weird. But again, like those, so that's, I don't know about, uh, Tremont Smith. I don't know anything about him, but three out of their first four picks, the chiefs are just straight up betting on athleticism and you're hoping you can. You can fine-tune those into some football players that obviously you can use really well, but um, certainly thing, you can't teach somebody how to be an athlete, but you can teach them the rest of the game of football if it works out for it. So I think that's that's clearly what the Chiefs were going for early on. And I think O'Daniel's actually sort of polished for his role, whatever that is. I mean, I think he can play as a big slot. He can be a force defender, but, man, this dude flies Has he up ever and played safety? He plays like a similar role to Minka, honestly, uh, just not okay. quite as much man coverage. A lot more zone okay. responsibilities. But, like, he plays over the slot, like an overhang-type defender. Not huh. totally dissimilar from even what Fred Warner did at BYU. Probably more more similar to Fred Warner because both those guys played a lot of a lot of uh, zone coverages. But Warner was 230 pounds. O'Daniel came to the Senior Bowl fresh off his season at 215, and that's what I think his weight is. So, he, I mean, he weighs essentially the exact same thing as – so I mean, just get a, you know, get a couple pieces of pizza in there. You're good. I mean, he's lighter, like he's lighter than a guy camp. like Terrell Edmonds. <laughs> so, I mean, you have, he's, is he lighter than Terrell Edmonds? Well, then he went to the senior bowl and he was four, he was two twenty three, So he was four pounds heavier than what Edmonds was. I think, I think Edmonds. Was oh, okay. Okay. But, uh, but I think his playing weight, yeah, is, is around two fifteen. So to me, he's a safety, um, you know, whatever you want to call him, dime linebacker. What he does is valuable in today's NFL. He's also a terrific blitzer, which is really important. He's a very good tackler. You know, I don't want to just slap anybody with those size requirements that's a little bit athletic into that role and say, okay, this is who they are. They're valuable. I think you have to be able to do certain things really well. You have to be a quick processor. And I think in his role, as a again, as that big slot type of safety, as that dime defender, he gets to the perimeter and makes plays out there. He comes downhill quick, so he doesn't get caught up on blocks as a result. Um, I don't think he's a true behind-the-line-of-scrimmage type linebacker uh, where you're going to sift through trash in the box and things like that. But 
I think he plays that valuable role. You know, they've had Daniel Sorensen playing that role for years for Sutton's defense. Sutton's still there. I think Dorian O'Daniel's going to play that role a lot better than Sorensen did um, and be more athletic in coverage as well. So then he made some legit plays on the ball this season. Like he baited Lamar Jackson into a pick six throw that was perfect. Like he, he sunk on a curl route and broke on the flat like perfectly timed it up and kind of made Jackson throw it where he wanted to broke on the ball, pick six. Did. I thought it was just, you know, really good stuff. So I, I, I like Dorian O'Daniel. I think he's going to be an impact player there. Tremont Smith, they said did great in rookie minicamp. I haven't seen any of them, but, and then they took Reggie McKenzie's kid at one ninety eight. too old for the, or too young for the Raiders. Anyway, how dare they take him? I thought the chiefs had a good, I mean, for not having a first round pick and, you know, for basically squandering your second round pick, I thought it was a pretty good draft. I mean, we'll see what becomes the Speaks. I don't want to say it like that, but I thought it was a big reach, you know, for Speaks at that point in the draft. But I think they got, I think Naughty and O'Daniel help him right away. We'll see what Watts can give down the road. Tremont Smith had some upside. I know people were talking about. I just didn't get to see much of him. So I, I thought it was a good draft for the Chiefs. I didn't think it was terrible. How about the Jadges? This was a good draft, right? So, I mean, Derwin James in the first round sure makes it look good, right? Kaiser White in yeah, the fourth. You probably love was, the safeties. It's a, I mean, so when I'm looking at this, and I just up the jet chart to make sure, like, I obviously, the picks themselves, the prospects I like, Derwin James and, and Kaiser White in safeties, but, like, they have Julio Day, who they just paid, right? They have Jalen Watkins, and then they, they, you know, they draft two of my, <laughs> two of my favorite safeties in this class. So I just, you know, stockpiling safeties is not, not that the Derwin James pick wasn't good at seventeen. I think that one was good, but just like stockpiling safeties is a really interesting way to build a. Well, Watkins doesn't secondary. play, does he? Does Watkins? I mean, he play? could. I, I mean, he could. Play. I think Watkins is fine. Wasn't he just? Isn't he a Florida guy? Is that why you're saying that? No, he was good. He was fine <laughs> with the right. I didn't think he part. I thought he hardly ever played. No, oh, he's totally wrong. All right, I'm looking it up now. I thought he was. I thought he hardly played at all. I don't know, but I, I die's good. But he's the only good safety on their team. I thought. I thought safety was a huge need for them. Unless, I thought Watkins could play. So now it's like, I, in my mind, I just think that they've got four safeties. I can't look. This and it's up, just I a weird. It's just a weird area to fortify depth on your team, especially when the NFL continues to trend in the opposite direction, and we're seeing experienced good safeties not even get signed right now so it's just a, a weird not that i don't like the picks i'm just you, you know, probably like the charger safety room a lot more than i do i thought their safety room was trash okay all Maybe right that's I guess. the difference i mean i think it dies a good player but uh yeah i don't know i I've, i guess i haven't seen adrian phillips so i i'll be honest there ray sean jenkins last year in the fourth round was uh, a pick that I thought he could contribute, but I don't think he. Bar- I think he barely played too. So I mean, Desmond King. Uh, they have like your do everything right now. They game. have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's seven safeties on the roster. Right, but everybody's got a ton at this point. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Watkins and Phillips get cut. I guess that wouldn't be like a big. I mean, if Walk- if Watkins has been in the league for like what. 14 so 14 15 16 17 four years so far and he's been on four to four teams philly twice so i mean he's been on like three practice squads yeah i guess i don't know i feel like they can be and they have desmond king plus they're gonna play three safeties probably right well this is gonna be interesting and they have tony brown who can't play outside corner so now they have have nine safeties i did not see that they signed tony brown as a free agent well he's just gonna be the gunner that's all they need him to be so they got nine Pro safeties. Okay, great. 
Derwin's going to play like a, the big slot role, but it's interesting because Desmond King's on this team too, and I didn't think about that. You know, both guys well, somewhat similar, I feel like. Um, you know, Derwin can do a lot more probably. I mean, obviously a way better athlete. So I think I bet I would, wow. I would not be surprised. Derwin to Desmond King. You heard it here, folks. Well, in terms of role, but obviously Derwin's bigger and faster. And nah, stronger. You just said Des King's better than Derwin and the, the Derwin pick was bad. I heard you. I heard you loud and clear. <laughs> I bet Derwin plays deep though. I bet they play him on the back end a good bit. Too high. He probably even plays some single high. He's probably the best single you don't high have the, on the team. I mean, you, if you don't have the athlete to do it otherwise, you need it. You need, you basically need him to play that role because King's going to play in the slot and he can't really play anywhere else. And Adai's going to play near the line of scrimmage and he can't really play anywhere else. So, I mean, I yeah. don't think they ever thought Derwin would fall to them. But when he did, it kind of probably made them say, we're going to take this player and we're going to carve him into a role because I bet you see Derwin play deep a good bit. And yeah, I think that's how Which it'll I don't have there. a problem with. No, I think it's fine. It's just. I think he's better around the line of scrimmage and in man coverage a lot more often. Sure. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. That's all my big deal is with it. I don't think that he's still going to be a good player no matter where you play him. Uh, Uchenna Nwosu in the second. Eh, that was rich for me. But, I mean, I think he's going to play linebacker. I think they've said that. Check me if I'm wrong. If somebody's listening and they, they're like, no, they didn't say that. I'm pretty sure they said he's going to play linebacker, which makes sense given I mean, yeah, yeah. and Ingram. And, uh, I don't, he'll probably rush on occasion, but I don't see him as a – impact guy in that role um i think you know this is a always been a weird linebacker room right jatavis brown was like all the rage in 2016 fifth round steal and the chargers have never really seemed that high on him and they brought hayes pullard in and he played a ton after being he was bounced out a couple different places before he got here um so now he's a starter denzel perryman's still here but he's a thumper uh emmanuel uh, kyle emmanuel i love denzel perryman played on the edge and then not a they just have like a weird linebacker group. It's very much uh, like a kind of fit the guy to the role type of thing. And, you know, Patriots-esque almost kind of how they rotate and find guys to do different things. But I think they see Nwosu as a guy that could potentially be an every down dude there. I mean, definitely athletic, plays super hard and physical, uh, but he has to learn the game mentally. Um, so it's not totally dissimilar from a Hassan Reddick type of, type of transition for Nwosu, just not quite the same athlete. That's kind of how I see it. Dustin Jones in the third was rich for me, man. Rich. Or at least oh, you mean Justin Jackson? I. Oh, no, never mind. Sorry. No, Justin Jones. They, they two took Justin. two JJs, yeah. Justin Jones in the third was a little bit much for me. Uh, I don't know. You were more on BJ Hill than Justin Jones, right? I was for sure, yeah. Did Justin Jones go, didn't Justin Jones go first? No. Hill went first to the Giants. Oh, Hill went in like uh, 65, I want to say. I'm trying to remember where Hill went. Oh, okay. Let me look. Hill went like 69. Oh, I should have remembered that. Whew, nice. Very nicely done by Hill. Uh, <laughs> um, the, the Chargers, I thought they had a good draft. I, I wish that Jones pick, you know, I'm trying to think. I mean, imagine if they took oh, Maurice Turst in 84. Imagine if they took Maurice Turst in 84. Sure, yeah. But yeah. again, we could do this all day. I'm just trying yeah, to like imagine what we, we think could of every that single, draft. Every single draft class would be like, what if they got Hurst in the fourth? <laughs> low-key pick that i really like though scott kissenberry in the fifth i think i might have said this on the pod i can't even remember now but because pouncey's always hurt finding a capable yeah, backup yeah, no center. You, i remember you taking a shot at, at gator great oh gosh it <laughs> must Pouncey. be tough pulling for all these gators across the nfl especially have after so many have underachieved you know it must be very difficult somebody's got to do it john <laughs> justin somebody's jackson in the seventh i like that pick. the problem is the problem is that like 
I'm going to cry wolf so many times on these Florida players that when a guy's actually good, people are going to be like, nah, he's not good. That's and true. Like, Dang it. <laughs> then they're going to mess on one. Hey, you, you said it. <laughs> you said the truth on Lucci's Purifoy, though. Yeah, he's poop. Yep. Just is what it is. I like the Dustin Jackson pick, though, and I think he definitely makes the Antonio Morrison. No, stop. Morrison wears number four, number 44 in college. So no, I'm saying they're bad. Teams. Oh, he's bad. Oh, okay. I'm saying him and Marcus right. Roberson both were bad. Mor- Morrison wore 44 in college, and that was basically all I needed to see. As soon as I turned on the tape and saw that, I was like, yep, undraftable. Don't touch him. <laughs> Melvin Gordon, though, and then Justin Jackson. And Austin Eckler really flashed last year as an undrafted kid. So I th- I like the running back room. I think that they fortified things a little bit. And, you know, Jackson, to me, in the seventh round is good value. I had him as a fifth-round type player. So uh, whenever you can get guys that are draftable at that range of the draft, you know, what, six picks away from Mr. Irrelevant, uh, I think is a good move. So I like the Chargers draft. think they continue to get better. I, they have all the talent. You know, it's just a matter of can this coaching staff, and they came close last year, can they complete the turnaround and culture that that keeps the Chargers? I mean, what? They lost three games last year because of their kicker, straight up. You know, they should have been a playoff team. They were one of the best teams in the AFC last year. You know, they were better than Tennessee who won a playoff game. Wow, I can relate. They, were, prob- they were probably the fourth they best team in the, the NF- in the AFC. Yeah, you can relate. I'm sorry. All kicker woes are deaf on your ears at this point Nothing i have no sympathy for any right. team that has kicker woes none raiders had the weirdest draft right i mean what do you even say it's a nice way to say worst four yeah four day three guys with your first four picks is really pretty much impossible to come back from but i like nick nelson a lot who they took at 110 and i like maurice hurst a lot who they took in the fifth round he was my ninth overall player I mean, this is probably the worst draft, but if Hurst turns out to be a star, which I think he can be, it's Then it's great. still the worst draft. It's still a terrible draft. still terrible because in no, the fifth round, the you're just draft. taking risks. I'm not giving you credit for picking Maurice Hurst in the fifth round. Right. I'm just not doing it. Because everybody knew he was good there. It was just a matter of who wanted right. to take the risk. I'm not giving out. you credit for that. So even if Maurice Hurst turns out to be good, which he is, I'm not. that doesn't make up for your first four picks being really, really like – you. You're just betting so much against what you've seen on tape with a lot of these guys. Right. And that's super risky to do. I think it's still a bad draft. Somebody said this best with the Raiders. The riskiest draft in ages because Colton Miller, some debilitating issues on tape. Some people say upside because of the way he tested. I don't even think he plays like the athlete that Brian O'Neill does, you know, so I can at least get the upside argument with O'Neill. I'm not even sure Miller's upside's that great. P.J. Hall, again, man, just a wild pick at 57. I know his production was really good at Sam Houston State. You are hoping that he still has that chaotic, almost like Tasmanian devil-like production in the NFL. Right. And I just don't, man, I I don't know. I tested great, so some traits are there. We'll see if they can develop them. But his tape. Maybe. The games I watched was not good. Brandon Parker, this is funny to me, and I I don't know if I said this on our show or somebody else's, but... I'm like, I know people in Brandon Parker's camp pre-draft. Bro, I asked them where they thought he was going like five days before the draft. They were hoping he got drafted somewhere in day three. I don't think they had any clue he was going to go in the third round. Like, I didn't hear anything about day two. It was, you know, day three, mid to late, you know, sometime in that range. You know, smart guy but needs a lot of work and doesn't have the, you know, athletic, athletic upside that – other you know other tackles might so they took a tackle without even a high ceiling i think at 65 the first pick in the third round 
I just I, I don't even know what to do with that pick. That pick was so bad. And then you know Arden Key, if he if he if every you know if 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 has always been the story with him. I mean, it could be end up being a fine pick at eighty seven, maybe even a steal. But I just you can't. I everything was so hit or miss. You see flashes of of something really cool on tape, but like even when he in his good seasons, he would have these huge runs of just kind of disappearing. And I just don't think things get easier in the NFL. And I I don't really trust this landing spot. And everybody was just risky, you know. Raw players or players with significant health issues or off the field issues. They traded for Mark Davis Bryant. I mean, it was just that kind of a week for the for, you trade a third round pick for Martavis. I'm gonna tell you right now, nobody else had offered a third round pick for Martavis. Steelers weren't gonna trade him unless they got somebody to bite on a day two, and nobody was coming close to that. They didn't even the Steelers basically said we're not even taking calls because of it. And then the Raiders show up, we'll give you a high third rounder for him. I mean, did you watch how Martavis Bryant played last year? Because he was straight garbage last season, start to finish. Man, he made like five plays all year. Probably five more plays than some of the Raiders receivers made this past year, but I don't know, man. Yeah, I but he didn't want to be there. At all. He didn't that? want to be there. He didn't want to be there. He didn't want to be See, in Pittsburgh. Honestly, dude, and you know I watch every game and rewatch him and everything. Like I, I, you never saw that from him on tape. I will say that. Like as bad as Martavis was, he gave full effort. He so was, was a good blocker. So was the year before just a fluke or what? Well, the year before he was suspended. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah two, two years before, you know. He was always high variance, but yeah, he made a lot more splash plays. Um, you know, his first two years, so when he was healthy, uh, no question. And he made a lot of red zone plays, uh, which made people forget about all the bad stuff, which was still there a lot. Um, and yeah, he didn't look like the same player at all. You know, this past year, you know, even even though I had issues with him before that, you know, it just seems like he's always going to be one of those crazy up and down players. And how many receivers do you know that that don't really produce or play well in Pittsburgh that go on to be awesome elsewhere? You know, it just it's like the Patriots doesn't happen you, very often. You get cut from New England. Your days in the league are over. That is actually is pretty much true for most positions in New England. For Pittsburgh, I would say it's definitely true at wide receiver like there. I know Emmanuel Sanders is the one everybody points to, but even he was productive in Pittsburgh. You know, I, I think that, you know, he was he I thought Sanders was fine in Pittsburgh. Yeah, was he, he was. not? Yeah, he was. He was solid, he was oh, okay. a solid player in Pittsburgh. He wasn't, you know, his first two years in Denver or whatever. He looked like one of the best receivers in the league. I don't know. He just never made those kind of plays in Pittsburgh, but he still produced. Like he was, you know, he High was still altitude. a solid player here. So anyway, I I just think that you're you're projecting a lot with Martavis. Um, I, again, I like Nick Nelson and and Maurice Turst. They took Johnny Townsend in the fifth round. You were probably happy about that. Um, Best punter in the draft. Was he for real? Did you scout them all? Did you watch the tape? I did. Okay, I was just checking. I, did. I watched all of the one punter that mattered. And it was every Florida game. I wish I would have been watching the ESPN broadcast when Marcel Aitman went off the board at 228. Because, and I always find this part funny. You know how Mike Mayock didn't have Carlton Davis in his top 100 picks? Yeah. Or his top 100 players? Right. You know, I was, you know, I was watching the draft and I was like, when Carlton Davis gets picked, what's Mayock going to say? And sure enough, like he tried to make it sound positive, but he expressed his concerns to, you know, Mayock, you can always tell by his tone of voice, whether he's pleased or displeased. And you could tell he was displeased. I didn't watch when Marcel Aitman went off the board. And I'm sure that at that point in the broadcast, they barely even mentioned the guys that are getting drafted. Uh, but yeah. I wanted to hear what Kuiper said because Kuiper ranked like 44 receivers, which is obviously an absurd number. Like, you know, you're talking about getting into, you know, undraftable guys, obviously. And Aitman wasn't one of, Aitman was not one of them, <laughs> which I don't well, think I mean, Aitman's good. Went but, drafted, so. Yeah, I mean, he went 228, but it just, 
you know, if if he, you don't even have him in your top like forty four receivers, you don't even think he's worth mentioning as a prospect in any way, shape, or form. So I would have just liked to hear him. Hold on, you know, what number was he? He was number. Two, he was picked number of two wide receivers that were picked. Wait, wait, hold on. I'm not sure. Probably like in the twenties would be my guess. Are you looking up wide receivers? Yeah. You were picked. NFL draft history might have it. They have some stuff like that. Because NFL.com doesn't have it in order. Oh, shoot. Um, uh, f- there was only or, like... Yeah. Shoot. There was only like 30 receivers drafted, I think. I want to say something like that. Anyway, yeah. he wasn't Damn. close. to. I mean, he was still drafted way over where Kuiper had him, so it was funny. But anyway, Raiders, yeah. I mean, they tried to make up for it day three, but I don't think it worked. You can't waste four, your first four picks like that and take on that kind of risk. So it continues to be a weird offseason for Oakland. A lot going on in the West in general. I think this division is He was the 29th wide receiver back. taken. 29th? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So 15 or more, at least 15 spots ahead of where, or 15 receivers ahead of where Kuiper would have taken him. Just interesting. You don't see a guy like, I mean, he, at one point, Aitman was like supposed to be a day two guy, or at least, remember? He's better than James Washington. So <laughs> people said, man, do you remember that in season? James Washington no, yeah. isn't even the best receiver on his team. Well, it he he wasn't he wasn't good, so I mean he'll be alright in Pittsburgh. They'll save him. Oh wow, now here it comes. I'm just saying that one position nah, that they whatever. can save is wide receiver. Nah, man. man. Hated James Washington before. Now he's on Pittsburgh. I yeah, hate him. I had a third chance. round grade. You know, on him. Let's give him a I chance. never hated him. Yeah, we gotta oh, give him a chance. Oh my goodness. You know? Ranks him as like wide yeah, receiver no, fourteen <laughs> before the He's draft like gets drafted to Pittsburgh. Yeah, I don't know. This guy could, you know, this James Washington guy. He, hey, he scored a lot of touchdowns. You know, that's important. <laughs> the Ravens actually. It sounds like from somebody told me the Ravens were upset about. You know, I guess DeCosta did an interview and he was really there. He said the Ravens were upset. Pittsburgh took somebody in the draft. Who? The Ravens. Uh, Eric DeCosta, who's going to be their new GM. Their GM oh, once okay. Ozzie steps down. He uh, said that they. I were, thought you were just saying Vlad Dukas' name again. No, I wish Vlad Dukas. But anyway, I guess <laughs> the Ravens were upset the Steelers took James Washington. So, all right, two, uh, that's enough time on the AFC West. We, we tomorrow we got Fan Friday. Can yes. answer everybody's questions. Yes, we've um, got a we we have a really good Fan Friday question already. Obviously, we're going to be like putting out the hashtag for you guys to ask whatever you want. But like somebody had a question that they were so eager for us to answer that they sent it to us what on tuesday wednesday it was i think it was yesterday what was yesterday wednesday yeah, yeah so. wednesday so yeah it's good stuff we're excited to, excited about this fan friday so as always you guys keep it locked right here on locked on nfl draft